We're batting cleanup with a bunch of randoms. I don't know anything about what that phrase means. It's a sports metaphor. We get like all these random comics that were second episode, bunch of random stories. You know what it means. Okay, sure. You know how I feel about sports terms. Aggressively against. Just they're just confusing. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sportastic Justin. Ugh. Did you know football started this past weekend? That's how little I know about sports. Is I texted Juan and he was like, No, it's football today. Yay, sports. I was like, oh, okay. I, I guess didn't know. Started. I only knew football started because I was on Marco Polo with one of my friends and she was like, I'm watching football today. And I was like, Oh, that's fun. Yep. Well, in case you all didn't know, football started this past weekend. So let's talk about comics instead. <laughs> yeah. Today we are talking about X-Men Unlimited number... 51. 51. Test Uh, Kitchen number two. Test Kitchen number two. Moon Girl and the X-Men, or the X-Men and Moon Girl is what it actually looks like, it says. Yep, number one. Number one, and New Mutants number 29. But first... Some news. News! There's not a whole lot of news. It's just D23 was this past weekend? Yes. We have obsessed over the reveals. Hopefully you are aware of them. Not a lot shared with the general public outside of details and a couple of trailers. Really here for that Secret Invasion trailer. Mm-hmm. Really exciting with that. Let's talk about the Thunderbolts team reveal. What do you think about this team lineup? I didn't hate it. I mean, I think it's an interesting group of of peeps together. The mixture of kind of formerly reformed villains or at least towing the line on the other side. Yeah, the only one that I was questioning really was Bucky. Bucky, right. Because I feel like all of the others are either still have one foot in the door of villainy or are just like straight up villains in the MCU. And Bucky is sort of the only one that I see has been fully reformed sure, and yeah. was is going backwards. Well, and especially having had... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. Like, I just, I'm wondering if there's going to be some event, either in a show or a movie, that happens that makes it clear why or, Bucky has gone backwards like that. Or he's the man on the inside. Mm. You know, and I also don't know the motivation of the Thunderbolts in this iteration. Yeah. I saw a lot of chatter about the fact that most of their powers are very similar. Right, you just have like generally stronger characters or characters who can fight. There, there's no tank, you know. Yeah. There, there's no a lot of their powers across the board are very similar, except for Ghost, really, who has the most unique power of them all. Well, maybe they're meant to be just like a street level, more like like an evil or even if they are evil or not but like more like a shield team like like a slightly advanced shield team as opposed to like an avenger style team like maybe they're meant to be more tactical and yeah and like secret missions in that sense the other thing that i've been thinking and i saw some people voice concern over is just the number of characters that aren't relative to the actual thunderbolts Mm. you know uh one big missing piece, Baron Zemo, who was the leader of the original Thunderbolts roster and who exists in the MCU. Uh, what? I feel like that, you know, is it because of his aversion to superheroes in this instance? And is that what maybe makes him a villain to this team? And then maybe, maybe ha- he joins towards the end? I don't know. Yeah, there's always the opportunity for them to change up their roster. But that is interesting because he is, he is not only... Not only is he already in the MCU, but through other shows, he's already had interactions with Bucky. Right. Like, they've already done some, like, teamwork makes a dream work situation. Right. So is he just chilling in Wakandan jail and that's why? Or? Yeah. That's Maybe they're going to break him. him out. Maybe that's uh, going to be their first task is get Zemo. I don't know. <laughs> you know, as, like, a, a U.S.-sponsored team breaking out a foreign supervillain of types it seems like an odd first go could be the perfect first go there you go there you go unexpected 
But I do feel, you know, I hear what you're saying or, or what a lot of the question is about how they're not really the team from the comics or they're not really uh, the people that others want to see on the team. But I do feel as far as the MCU storyline goes, they have been set aside from, like I said, I don't see how Bucky has, but the rest of them, I can see how they've been set up to be mm. on this team, especially mm. with their, you know, after credit scene or side interactions with Val, you know, it's like it's the eh. moral ambiguity squad. Right. Hey, so Marvel Unlimited is celebrating a year of Infinity Comics. One year. We're, we're at issue 51 of X-Men Unlimited. Think about nice. it every week. Uh, 52. I think one or two that they've skipped, but. Yeah. Okay. And so, they... so is this like Monday today's issue, the one year mark or? It's issue 52, but I'm pretty sure they've taken a week or two off. There was just an article that came out this morning celebrating one year of Infinity Comics. Cool. And there was the announcement of the new box of extras that comes with your Marvel Unlimited subscription if you subscribe at that added level of random stuff. Do you subscribe at that added level? You know I do. That's where Captain Kate Pride came from last year and... Venomized Punisher. And right, right. Okay, so that's just the box that you always get. I yep. thought that there you were saying there was like another level. Oh, no. It's just a different box every year. Okay, so so they're telling you what's inside the box? They always do. They always preview oh. it. That's why we knew it was Kitty before it came. I don't recall, but okay, I believe oh. you. All right. Well, it's Daredevil this year. Oh, is he going to be in his new MCU outfit? Kind of. It's like yellow and red OG daredevil that he wasn't really in for very long and it is a basically a repaint of a figure that was on shelves for years at walgreens that no one bought i did not buy so i'm actually kind of happy that i'm getting it there you go last episode we had talked about doing a kind of krakoan status update Mm. we're actually holding off on that for right now yes we're gonna we're gonna do that in a future episode and call more attention to it Yes, it's but, important to us to have an episode every once in a while that is not two hours long. Right. <laughs> and just gives you some fun comic talk. That's it. All right. Test Kitchen? Well, before we do that, I I would like to say on a non-superhero realm of something else that was brought out or uh, announced at D23, I don't know if y'all have had a chance to watch the Little Mermaid trailer but I cannot stop crying about it. I think it's just honestly so beautiful. And I've been seeing all these little girls react to the trailer and say, Mommy, Mommy, look, the mermaid looks like me. Ariel looks like me. And I just, it's so beautiful. And it's going to be so magical. And her voice is the most amazing thing I have ever seen. And that, knowing that the people at D23 got to watch the entire part of your world scene is just a sign that I need to go to D23 in the future because hot diggity damn, I'm jealous. Hmm. But I just thought, you know, D23 as a whole, that's what I thought of when you brought it up. So I just wanted to add that little nugget in there. Great. All right, now let's talk about Test Kitchen. The miso hinted clams with pasta. Did you see? It actually includes a recipe. And, and the recipe. first one did too. So we have a chef job for Tony Stark on the offer table. Anna Ameyama. It's, it's kind of like there's very little substance to this. It's just. Is this like what the whole series is about? Like all of Test Kitchen is her. The first issue I, I read through it quickly was about her food truck being blown up by Iron Man. And oh, and then by he accident. Was like, Oopsies. Let me give you a job. Well, he, he tried a sandwich that she was making and he was like, this is amazing. This is the most incredible thing that I've ever had. You have to work for me because I'm Tony Stark. Gosh, Tony Throwing Stark. my money bags around. But he's got the full kitchen set up. He's got Mika. Which is terrifying to her at first, but I love it. They, they become best of friends as she's pointing a knife to its face. I like that she is like... Very clear on the fact that she has not yet accepted this job and right. she does not, she's not just coming in here and automatically working for Tony. Yeah, she's principled, you know, and especially the build with the basics mentality, this mm-hmm. idea that she's coming at it with. But really, our connection is Tony's special date, as he calls her. Don't get 
ahead of yourself, Tony. It's not a date. No. Especially is... given the way I feel about you right now. Yeah. That your, line. Your actions at my gala. Yeah. I'm just here for the food, and it is amazing, according to her facial reactions. Truly exquisite. And then she pulls the recipe from Anna's brain. Yeah. Wasn't a huge fan of that moment, Emma, because, you know, I'm a stickler for asking for permission. I always get on Charles for it. And and she's like, do you want me to write it down? And Emma's like, nope, already took it. Yeah. So I was not happy with that. I was like, Emma, come on. You're making me look bad. I can't I can't not call you out on this. I have to call you out if I call Charles out. As someone who has always picked telepathy and telekinesis as their go-to powers, if I got powers, uh, I have no problem with this. I have no problem with this. And uh, yep. <laughs> I can't say anything because if I say I have no problem with it, then I'm a hypocrite because I have a problem with it when Charles does it. Yeah. Written by Paul Eschbach, art by E.J. Sill, letters by Joe Sabino, and that's v. it. V.C. Sabino. That's all we have. It's V.C.'s Joe Sabino. On to X-Men Unlimited number 51. Let's go. We're continuing on with this Hellfire Gala situation that's going on with the crazy ski guys. Yeah. The Hydra ski guys. I loved all the random X-Men character references here. You got Hellion. In the foreground, who's just referenced Julian, all the villains that they call out, and even the cast themselves, you know, the the secret X-Men of the year 2022, they are such a ragtag bunch that you wouldn't see together normally. I am like kind of confused about why they keep labeling the characters and telling us like, you know, we're scrolling and you're like, ah, this one is gentle and this one is Surge and this one is Armor. Like, I don't, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Yeah, heavy handed for new readers or people that aren't too sure of who the different characters are. And especially, yeah, just they don't do that in any other Infinity comic. Especially with them having completely different looks that we haven't really seen that much of. Right? They all got their, I mean, Siren is pretty Obvious. dead giveaway, right? Even gentle, if you know anything about gentle and right, but he's one of the one who's ones who's labeled. Sure. So I just I don't know. It's it kind of was distracting to me. I was like, why, why, why are we doing this? But anyway, they are a great team. I think it's an interesting bunch, and There's I something... like their little dynamics of like, no, I've been in X Men before for like one second, and like, no, we don't fight. We do this. Like, forget well, it. We're not being stealthy. Like, gentle just... was a real X Men. X Men Red. You know, he was on that roster. I, we had our own Wolverine and underwater base and everything. It was, I love that reference. Yeah. <laughs> There's something going on with the Rock Eyes guy. We don't need to call in the big guns. We can handle this. I do like that. That they're like, yo, we don't need to like go get the X-Men. We are also capable. And as they come upon our ski Nazis. I don't understand this. And they turn into snakes. They're made of snakes on the inside. And this also, whole time the snakes could talk. And also a bunch of reinforcements at various <laughs> combinations. I mean, I will admit I have read the next issue. It came out today. Mm-hmm. And they do do a little backtracking to, to talk about reveal the snakes. As to, no, no snake talk yet. Oh. To talk about like where Micromax and Siren are coming from and where. Got it. M and Avalanche are coming for, you know, it's like piecing together to this confrontation. See, I think I was so just distracted by how they were all snakes and the way those snakes all perfectly stayed in the shape of humans. I I didn't really think anything of them coming in. I was just like, oh, they're at the party and they heard a ruckus. So they came outside. They heard it and they came out. What'd you think, though? I thought it was, you know. Great, fine, interesting. Great, fine. <laughs> I mean, it was entertaining. It didn't really give us much more information about why they were doing what they did to Gorgon or what they were after or really anything specific, but it did start to bring the team together. Yeah. So, and snakes. Great, good, fine, interesting. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I just... I am still just interested in this as an alternative to a print edition of Secret X-Men. I feel like it captures all of what this needs to be and mm-hmm. maybe sets up something in the same way that Secret X-Men in the first year did with Deathbird being captured by the Sidri. Mm-hmm. Written by Steve Fox, art by Alan Robinson, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters Joe Sabino. V.C. 
Seas, Joe Sabina. So we had two guest appearances in Marvel Comics relative to X-Men. Oh, really? Nightcrawler bamfing into She-Hulk's world. Oh. And Wolverine co-starring in Ghost Rider. Oh, I I really wonder like what Ghost Rider is actually like because all I can think about is like Nicolas Cage. No, and please remove just, that from your mind. It's just terrible. Step in the cage with Nicolas Cage. No, 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 no. So Nightcrawler has enlisted Jennifer Walters' legal advice. Oh, really? Consultancy for the entirety of Krakoa. <gasps> and that is the, the plot thread that is now developing in that issue it's very it's very short it's only a page i believe at least what i've seen because i didn't buy the issue but i think it's a really interesting dynamic i also think it's interesting to have chosen she hulk versus a law practicing mutant but i will chalk that up to the idea of creating inroads with other marvel superheroes i also feel like if you go to someone who's not a mutant to represent the mutants it makes your stance a little bit more valid in the eyes of the outside person who's looking to come against you because it's not just oh one of your own representing you you've gotten someone else yeah she is an avenger currently let me just say that regardless of how uh set in reality my hopes are every time a mutant interacts with someone in the comics who is currently making ways in the MCU. I'm like, is that the end? Is that where they go? There Are was we going to see Nightcrawler and She-Hulk? There was an interesting interview with Jordan D. White this week on AIPT about just any and all questions. And he said specifically that whenever he has meetings with people from the MCU, they don't want to influence anything that the comics are doing. Mm. They want the comics to be five to 10 years ahead of anything that they're going to try to do in the MCU because they want to have that freedom of creativity that might inspire back something that they could play with later on. And I, I love cool. that differentiation. You know, I also, Krakoa could exist in Secret Wars. That would be kind of cool if they yeah. wanted to throw that in. Maybe it'll be five years by the time we get to Secret Wars. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But I don't want to introduce the X-Men with Krakoa at the same time. I feel like there's so much more to the story of the X-Men that that would be a great way to reinvigorate the narrative down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've, we've got immigration issues, residency issues, voting rights complaints. Scott spent so much time on Krakoa, the state of Connecticut won't let him renew his driver's license. We need someone as a liaison here. So you want me to represent all of mutant kind? <laughs> yes. And then over with the bubs... He is starting a team up with Ghost Rider and doing some uh, not very precise surgery, kind of expelling some evil creatures from Ghost Rider. Interesting. Wolverine, just like, why do you have so many friends? Why are you everywhere but nowhere at the same time? Because he's a loner, bub. But without being alone. I mean, good for you. I I hope you guys have fun together. I don't know. Sounds cool. That one is going to continue further. I'm not sure how long the Nightcrawler She-Hulk story will develop, but he has been on the cover a couple times. It's almost made me buy it. Uh-oh. He's my favorite guy. You know, but then he was only there for like two pages. That's <laughs> that's the saltiness in my heart. That's where you're like, "Dang it, did I really need this issue?" That's yeah, right. how they get you. Put him on the cover, you're going to buy it. Yeah. Except I didn't. Except you didn't yet. Are you ready for some Moon Girl? Yes, actually, I am. Ooh. You want to know what I think is really funny? Or, like, it's not really that funny, but it was entertaining to me. This issue is called X-Men and Moon Girl, but it's just Moon Girl and Wolverine on the cover. The one that was... Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel and Wolverine had like a bunch of X Men in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know That's who's naming these titles. Weird I, to I think me. it's. I mean, I got some gripes about just the general setup of this because so this is issue three of random combinations and Moon Girl. Okay, in the same way of Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. there is no indication of that when you pick up this book, other than the fact that we're just thrown into it without any explanation. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I I personally think that makes it a great one off because I don't feel like I met like she gives me enough of a recap and the story wraps up in a way that I don't feel the need to read the other issues. And I don't feel as though I've really missed much because I get all the information throughout. Whereas with Miss Marvel, I felt like, oh, shoot, do I want to read the rest of this? And I don't know if this is the last yes. of it. So then that kind of makes it this a is little the last different one where versus, that was the first. That was the first, right. Yeah. You know what I also told myself about this issue? What? This is where Havoc was in that issue of X-Men where he didn't appear. Let's just hope so. Because so that's the sets going in my head, Canon. Yeah. That's where he was. But I think this cover is fun. Fastball special to the moon. Into it. Yeah. Ready? Mm. Page turn noise. So we've got this sort of title page. Sort of title page. Sort of data page. I like the visual design of it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this dinosaur? Written by Mohel Mashigo. Art by David Cutler and Marika Cresta. Inks by Jose Marzan Jr. and Marika Cresta. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Letters, Travis Lanham. BC's Travis Lanham. We're in the lab. Dinosaur clones with Wolverine blood, which I feel like that's terrifying to think of. But also awesome. Also amazing. Yes, especially if you were the high evolutionary and you but wanted an army of... That, that can't be taken down. Right. <laughs> Scary. But also, like, why is there a secret lab under the Summers house? Did I miss something here? Who made this lab? But also the, the tunnel is here, breaking into it. Feels like Havoc was somehow involved. And, and or in he charge. knew it was happening. And he was like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. But I did it. Yeah. So two issues of story development with the Miles Morales in Moon Girl and Avengers in Moon Girl. Okay. The two ones before. I haven't read them. I got a brief recap of Avengers and Moon Girl just because I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and apparently that had more X-Men in it than Avengers. These two were in there and there was references to a lot of other X-Men. But Oh, interesting. But we're getting a little history lesson on the High Evolutionary. Indeed we are. And I got to say, I really like how Moon Girl holds her own with Wolverine. And yeah. she lays down the law. We need a plan. And the plan is not chaos. Get it together, Wolverine. Yeah, you grumpy guy. The New Men Creations and Counter Earth and Earth on the other side of the sun. How does that not run into Orcus and their plans? Great question. I just, I also Suspend feel like. Suspend your disbelief. I also just feel like the High Evolutionary belongs with Orcus, or at least, yeah. you know, when he realizes that, hey, is, are mutants or humans both trash? I don't know. <laughs> Am I above everything? I'm better than everyone. Classic Marvel bad guys. They're just arguing in the lab as they figure out what to do. Wolverine's injured having his blood taken. So he needs to rest. And, and Moon Girl, the devilish grin as she's getting excited about these disguises. She needs to do some work. You're never too tough to play dress up, my friends. Now I'm going to make these special little masks and... Havoc, you're going to be a hippo. Yeah, they're like the animal filters on FaceTime. Yeah. Where it just covers your face and reacts to your emotional movements. It's totally what it is. And we're going to take, we're taking, are they just straight up taking the blackbird? A blackbird. They're taking it, and but don't worry about how the dinosaur is getting back, okay? We'll figure that out later. We, we got, got a plan. We got gates. This is fun jokes. I, I do love the threat of making wolverine a sweet bunny oh yeah don't do that don't even think about it it's cute it's silly i mean moon girl is a nine-year-old girl yeah at one point when she says like to the high evolutionary like you kidnap a nine-year-old girl i was like oh she's only nine right like i don't know i was thinking like maybe 12 13 but nope she's nine yeah she's worried about devil dinosaur and her parents who are currently in wakanda I don't know why our parents are there. We don't really get that. Yeah, and also interesting to me at the end that they don't know that she has a dinosaur. Yeah, that also. I mean, <laughs> I I have very little coming into this knowledge of Moon Girl. So. I saw the recent Moon Girl trailer at D twenty three. That's yeah. what I've got. But that actually does look like a lot of fun. But either way, we're on our way. We get there. Let's put our disguises on. Porcupine, bear, hippo, 
Lego. Yeah. Ridiculous facial design in all the best ways. I just love how happy Havoc is. Just the hippo smile mm-hmm. as they're landing in the outskirts of the town and stealthing their way in. I do like that some of the town folk are kind of like side-eyeing them and being like, do we really know you? But also, like, they've done nothing to disguise their outfits. Right. Sure, they just have this animal head. Like, Wolverine has human arms. Yeah. Visible human arms. Mm -hmm. At least everybody else has sleeves and gloves on. Right. And and everyone in this place seems to be dressed a little bit more... Medieval times. Yeah, a little bit more medieval, and they're wearing spandex. Superhero spandex. Those guys don't fit in. As as Wolverine is also causing commotion and calling even more attention to himself, bumping into this ox person. And the ox is so sincere right. and so sad. I do like the, sorry about him, he's a little prickly today. You know, just enough time for a porcupine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Oh, goodness gravy. Havoc's mask is messing up. Well, he's messing it up. Because he's all it's he's, sweaty and itchy and he's, he's got to mess around with it. You know, Cyclops would never do this. Oh, don't you do that. That's We're trying to be nice to Alex, okay? No, we're, we're not. not forgetting he's in books. We're not crushing his dreams. We're doing all of the above. No. Either way, we got we to gotta hide up on this rooftop, fix this mask real quick. Go the then, long route to get to the castle. And then we can drop on in. What dro- do you think about this drop-in shot? I screenshotted this to post later because <laughs> this is a great drop-in shot. This is probably one of my favorite panels. This and the splash page that's coming up. We're jumping in. We all got our we all got our peeps. We got to take care of. Yeah, Divide and conquer. Using their tech and their powers to fight these animal men. Classic Wolverine has crushed He's a done ridiculous it all. amount of people. And is just sitting on a pile of bodies, just waiting. Yep. Now find the lab. Get inside. Just look how happy she is as a little bear. <laughs> She's so cute. It's never DNA access. Joking about bad guys. The fact that they didn't pay their electrical bills. And also, Moon Girl has uh, a flashlight and that surprises Havoc. Well, he doesn't really need a flashlight with his powers, I guess. I don't know about that. Throw some throw some plasma. And just light it up. <laughs> light it up and then explode the caves around him. I just he's he's very dangerous. But she's either also, way, she's also got a Wakandan gauntlet similar to Shuri's. Seems like she's pretty tight with Shuri. Yeah. But either way, she spots Devil Dinosaur and she's not happy about how he's being treated. Therefore, giant fights. Yeah, this had been a preview page early on. I thought it was so epic, and I shared this when it first came out. David Cutler, who we know via social media, is the artist on a lot of these pages, and this this one especially. I, I do just love his work and the, the fight choreography and the mm-hmm. facial expressions. He had also done the Giant Size Thunderbird issue. Oh, yeah. That's great stuff. I just like how... Much you can see Moon Girl bopping around in this image. Right. She's taken out peacefully all of these henchmen. She's got silly string or something. Some kind of something. We find Devil Dinosaur, but he doesn't seem to recognize Moon Girl. Yeah, so these gauntlets that are trapping him are also disrupting his ability to recognize his friend. And and it's also making him angry. Mm-hmm. As the high evolutionary creeps in the background yeah he's just he's i love that he's peering over while they're like where is he and he's like (laughs) i'll never tell i'm here i'll let my animal men come in and save my distract you all and then i'll kidnap the girl yeah she's not even worried stick stick to to the plan logan you know what you're doing just keep on going Keep doing your thing and we'll figure it out. As we get ready for an evil villain monologue. I like that at first. She's like, oh, just skip the science talk and tell me the plan. And then she's like, oh, shoot. You didn't monologue for quite as long as I was hoping you were. Could you actually tell me the science thing now? Yeah. Could you not do the scary science activities that you're planning and maybe not threaten my parents? And please don't throw me inside this glass box. Oh, wait, you did? 
He's planning to put her consciousness in Devil Dinosaur's body. This is the next stage in evolution that he's trying to unlock, the synergy between human and animal. It's craziness. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely evil genius type schemes. Oh, yeah, for sure. As he has hidden animal people come out of the shadows and attack her, throwing her into this box. Why did I listen to those two ex-dudes? And it has begun. Their consciousnesses... Their consciousnesses? Consciousness? No. (laughs) Their consciousnesses are beginning to merge as Wolverine and Havoc are in the process of helping Devil Dinosaur out of his restraints. Right. We get this little split one eye on each, one dinosaur eye on each character. And then, bam, he's knocked out by Havoc. Is he dead? Nah. He called in more dinosaurs. His friends who can travel through Cocoan Gates because they got Wolverine blood. Yeah, the clone army of dinosaurs. I am here for this. Yeah. And especially this this panel yes, of yes. the charging stampede of these dinosaurs with Havoc and Wolverine. It's probably one of my favorite comic panels ever. No, just kidding. But I do really love it. So they've actually been leveled up by the High Evolutionary's involvement. The fact that they can now communicate and understand each other. I can understand you? What? Yeah. It's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. It's like, oh, happy accident. Right. Hopefully it doesn't get undone. I can imagine that this would be something that carries on into their title that will spin out of this issue. Yes. We're going to take down the High Evolutionary, break free, and then get ourselves... To the Savage Land. To the Savage Land. Where the clones can live with other dinosaurs freely. That's pretty dope. And hopefully Shuri can fix it all, but you're set to go to Wakanda. And, uh... There are your parents. There are your parents, and they're ex- very confused as to why you have a dinosaur, even though you are Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, as you have been for years. I don't know. Do Maybe they never somehow know? she's been keeping the dinosaur a secret this entire time. I, I would assume so, or she's brainwashing her parents. Does she have that ability? She seems to have the ability to come up with anything she needs. Mm. Next. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number one coming December 2022. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think? I thought it was really fun. Yep. You know, it was like a a little side story that clearly has an impact on what her title will be and and her future, but doesn't seem to have too much of a crazy impact on the world of Krakoa. And it was funny and I the art was great yeah. and it just felt like an easy, fun, playful interaction yeah. between characters. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It just was like a fun ramp up into this new title, mm-hmm. especially with these three issues, connections across the Marvel Universe to hopefully garner interest. Very limited in terms of an X-Men issue. Think about the Summer's House right now, and especially as of Wolverine's involvement. Like, it is destroyed top to bottom. That is going to need some serious renovation. Right. Plant another flower. We need a new house. Hardly an X-Men issue, but I, I again, I, I've said it before. I really wish that they had given us a little bit more intro so I could have recapped a little bit. That It's the problem in my mind with these titles that bop across the multiple team-ups. There's no continuity help, and you likely only buy the issue or two of the characters you're interested in. You know, this has happened with the, the Curse of the Man thing, with Marvel, uh, with Miss Marvel, um, and a couple of other ones where it's just, you know, especially the fact that, you know, this is a Moon Girl story. Why isn't Moon Girl the first name? You even said Moon Girl and the X-Men, which it probably yeah. should have been. Yeah. Because that would have at least put them all in the same grouping together. Yeah. Like, oh, here, that I feel... Definitely she should have gotten first billing. Yeah. I mean, I get it because the big names move sales, right? Mm -hmm. Miles Morales going to move sales. The Avengers as a title, X-Men as a title. Right. But you're still still hearing Moon Girl and the X-Men, Moon Girl and the Avengers. Like what makes Miss Marvel more exciting than Moon Girl in that same instance, you know? Maybe it's because of her Disney Plus show. They're banking on that. Maybe. Has this put Moon Girl on the map for you? Are you interested in future adventures of what's going on with Lunella? Uh, n- 
No. I mean, she's on. <laughs> it's fun. She's yeah. on the map. It's fun. I definitely would like get down with some like random day, just like vegging on the couch and watching her cartoon um, on Disney Plus. But do I think I have an urge to pick up more Moon Girl comics? No. I do. I love that she has a dinosaur. Yes. Yeah. Do I think she's fun and witty and entertaining? Of course, but. That's not I've, enough of a draw. To, I've had my fill. Well, yeah, I guess like if she is she gonna pop into Krakoa now and then, that's great. Sure, I'm fine with it. Yeah, but I don't. There's nothing compelling enough to say to me. Oh my god, I've got to read her comic. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could have added two more X Men to this team up, who would they be? Gabby, because I think they would have like a really fun, like younger generational dynamic, well, especially with. Wolverine just grumbling about that's that's a good pick. Yeah. And hmm. Oof. I don't know. Like part of me wants to say Forge, because I think Moon Girl and Forge could like come up with some crazy stuff together. Hmm. But that doesn't really give them an additional like person of battle or a, a different power set. Right. But I mean that makes interesting but like, dynamics that's, yeah. yeah that's what i'm thinking is like who would i want to see moon girl interact with i'd want to see like moon girl and gabby i'm sure there's like you know i don't know how old gabby really is but there's definitely an age gap plus she's an assassin so that kind of adds but anything. like i just feel like they would be like fast friends sure. and then i think it would be cool for moon girl and forge to like put their brains together in the sense of like building and creating things hmm. what about you Magic mm. and Colossus. Okay. Oh, a brother-sister team. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Colossus was just the last minute add-in because I wanted someone with the big guns mm-hmm. and Magic as a teleporter to just easy in and out. So yours was strictly tactical. That's always when I'm picking a team. Okay. And plus, you have the brother-sister dynamic, the f- family dynamic to add to the story. But Yes. No, <laughs> I, I just... Yeah, I was just basing it strictly off of Moon Girl, essentially, and not necessarily thinking about the uh, strategy of the team. Mm-hmm. They come out of limbo, and they're like, hey, what's going on over here on the moon? What happened over here on the opposite side of the sun? Are you ready for New Mutants? Yeah, I'm ready. The looming Shadow King on this cover? That's what does it for me, personally. Oh, I don't... This cover is fine, in my opinion. I think, like, the two of them look cool. And I think the Shadow King looks cool, but I feel sort of like it was like clip-arted together, <laughs> like two separate ideas. I oh, don't really? know. Yeah. I just feel like it has the general sense of the Shadow King. He's always looming in the background and especially thematically to the issue of just his impact in what it's done to this relationship. Yeah, yeah. I understand. But to each his own, I don't enjoy this cover. Oh. It's not that I don't enjoy Like, it's fine. It's not like, wow, I love this cover. It's a cover. So let's open it. Let's open it. Page turn noise. Claws out. Tearing into James Proudstar. We just, we got, get right into a fight. Just immediate brawling. Now we're both shirtless. Let's talk about what's really going on. (laughs) Is this what you wanted? Are you happy now? No, what I want is to find my sister and she's lost and it's your fault. It's the new mutant's fault. Boys day out. Fights and feelings. I love the title. What a great title. Written by Danny Lore, art by Guillermo Sana, color art Dan Brown, letters and production Travis Lanham. VCs Travis Lanham. I did really appreciate the recap text here giving us our prompt and then the threads that it's coming out of. Interesting to think about these two characters sharing perspective on having, in their minds, failed their respective siblings mm-hmm. and how they're carrying that weight and finding a connection over it. Yes. It was a good, hey, remember before we were doing the magic story, there was this story? Right. We're coming back to it. Well, it is very much so like a, a guest issue, right? We have yeah. a different creative team just kind of playing with threads. Well, Listen, Gabby's missing and there's really no time to talk about where she might be and or to consider the fact that she is just a kid who could be wandering. Her scent is in this direction. We follow it. But I mean, I I see it at the end and I get that that's why 
Akira is reacting in this way. But at the same time, she was bred and raised as a tiny assassin that feels no pain and has a healing factor. For sure. Like, there's and, no reason to be this concerned over her. And the amount of time that she was left on her own to fend for herself while everyone was consumed right. with. But I think that's essentially the point. Is he feels it's regret. It's not really about the scenario. It's about his guilt of sure. what happened and the fact that he just goes into like full panic mode when he doesn't know where she is. And he was like, I can't believe I let this happen again. He kind of spirals into, you know, the worst case scenario, which is actually very relatable to me. You know, like sometimes that'll happen to me. Something will go wrong. And instead of just like taking a beat and trying to figure it out logically, I will just spiral to the end of times answer. So I understand. This is very true. I understand. And not only is she missing, but where has our scent taken us but to an Orcus facility? These idiots. I love how all of Orcus is just a bunch of dummies to these two. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, these dum-dums. I hate them. They're so stupid. They think that there's going to be this mutant-led end of times. They're preparing. And we're also breaking down, like, how did this happen? Why is there a gate that leads here? Let's yeah. go in stealthily. Nobody tells me how to do things. That is interesting. Like... Why is there a gate there? Right. Is it just surveillance for this this one node of Orcus's bases? It's definitely a question that I will carry with me after this issue is over. Right. Like, how else are they? How many other gates to Orcus sure. facilities do we have? Because it's not immediately there, right? We see them going on this journey from the gas station in the distance up a hill and then over there. I mean, I don't know if... I would imagine that a Krakoan gate is pretty easy to spot, especially if you are an anti-mutant organization. Especially if you hate them. Sure, right. So maybe like you've done a perimeter sweep, you have some drones, and you can see the fact that, hey, maybe mutants will be here someday. It's interesting. But either way, Gabby went in, so we got to go in. Yeah. Because we don't know, was she taken? Was she exploring too far? Is she on a secret mission? Doesn't matter. We got to go in. But we're not asking questions. We're throwing bows and snicking up people's faces, making quick work of those outside. And now time to battle in this winter wonderland as Doomsday Scenario 14C is coming at them. Uh, Listen, this data page, I'm going to be honest. Yep. I read it, but it was mostly a skim. Sure. You know, it didn't have a whole lot of details, just more of a general idea. Orcus is shutting down specific facilities and restructuring and relocating assets. A lot of coordination of these end of world scenario modules, which, you know, tells us they got a bunch of things and Mm -hmm. they're moving them around. That's really it. Yep. But yeah, no, it was a lot more words than necessary. So many words. (laughs) And so many redacted. Now now they're not only are they redacting it, but they're telling us like plain out, haha, we redacted it. Look at the word redacted. I think it was because the couple of times that we could see through. So they were like, How do we avoid this? Yeah, we're gonna say redacted now when there's a redacted. The fight continues, and then we realize mm, things are not quite as they seem. Right. This unwanted training session. I'm not your student. Okay, Akira, we get it. Calm down, man. Just let's team up. He can't calm. He's spiraling. His big brother mode. This is ridiculous. The fact that Akira's scents are not able to discern that these aren't real people, Mm. or at least some of them. He has similar scent abilities to Wolverine. He should be able to tell that this is not a real person. He should. And maybe that's part of the doomsday scenario is that they're throwing out different things. Is that why it's so cold is because that's dulling his senses? Maybe, but I really think it's all connected to his lack of ability to think logically at this moment. You know, like clouded. He's the, the worse it gets, the more he's only the more his fear and his guilt are taking over and he's not making sensible choices. Stab first, think later. Yeah. The Wolverine way. And um, I think it's quite hysterical to just do this little dance routine helicopter moment of just like, okay, just spin me around 
And then I'll just slice through them and we'll be able to tell where the real people are because where the real people are is the direction in which we actually want to go. So if the, the fastball special is when you would throw him. What is this? Like the the windmill special? Like the, mm. the, the loop-de-loop? Sprinkler special? Yeah. Yeah, I would call it, let's call it the skip it. The skip it? It definitely feels like a skip it moment. The snick it. 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 Yes, I do love this panel where they're like, okay, let's go. Slice, punch. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> super into it. Yeah, because because how ridiculous is it be like, just surrender now. We've prepared for this. Like, okay, then fight. Yeah, right. Like, I'm do not going to be like, oh, it. yeah, you know what? I'm so sorry. I should stop fighting because you prepared for this. So what chance do I have? Well, we found the security footage and guess what? She ain't even here. She left. She is already gone. What's really bothering you, Brosif? Don't. What do you mean? Nothing. Shed those layers and reveal your truth to me. Fine. You know, it's just I'm a failure. <laughs> yeah. James breaking through and getting a real conversation going. The fear of not being there for their sibling, of failing them. I do love this monologue from James about having failed John all those years. I thought I hadn't earned the right to be the first face he saw when he opened his eyes. Mm -hmm. The feelings of guilt bleeding into how he treats others, this older sibling effect. This, I felt like, was really the, the core of the emotional nugget that they were exploring in this issue. Yes, I can totally agree with that. I would have enjoyed more of this, a little bit more of digging into it. And you know, I feel like we, we kind of got to it and then we're like, yes, this is it. All right, now we're going back. It's funny because like, I, I agree with you. As a reader, I totally could have had more and I think it would have been really nice character moments. But for the character, I feel like scratching the surface of an emotional revelation and, and a connection like that, like that's as deep as it's going to go. Because he's not even willing to really admit that that's what it was at first. And then he does and they hug it out. But I don't think he's ready to go deeper. We just felt like we did the work to get to here. And then we're like, all right, let's go home. Mm -hmm. well, we have to go home because Gabby, she's home. We have to we have to complete. She's fine. We, have, we saw her leave. But then where did she go? You know, we still got to find her. But she, she was really, looking for you all, too, because she really just wanted pizza. What facility? I'm just a silly girl who lies easily to my family members. It's, I wanted pizza. I do think. There should maybe be like, aren't there supposed to be words over Krakoan gates in Krakoan that tell you where they go? Sure. Right. Like, I mean, in that hub, there were maybe just a regular old gate that grows doesn't have it. Because I think that those were on the walls. Right. In the in House of X number one you're talking about. Yeah. But if you're going to put two gates side by side, maybe label them. Right. Especially if one goes to an Orcus facility. Right. Well, I mean, James sees through it all and calls her out. You know, Hey, I wanted pizza. I'm a Wolverine. You know, we're all about food. Mm -hmm. But there were some butts that needed kicking, so I just kept on kicking. So do you think that she maybe was assigned some sort of secret mission? I don't think she was assigned anything. I think that she She was a nosy it. little right. I mean, she's, still, she's not really a part of the New Mutants, right? right. She, she kind of shows up for training and then... Does hey, her own thing. Hey, guys, I'm an assassin. I gotta go. I can do things on my own. I'm going to go assassinate some people. My sister slash clone is on the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Was on the X-Men. And now she's got another title. And I'm just hanging out here in the back pages. Oh, how I love me some Gabby. I like the bonding moment between teammates as James decides that he won't tell Akira, but mm -hmm. does the make better choices next time routine. Mm-hmm. As he, like, slowly picks off the, like, remnants of bloody yeah. <laughs> henchmen. Here, get rid of this. Yeah. You are supposed to be getting pizza. And then that data page calling Akiro out for how he's been acting overprotective lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. Like, it's cool, but could we go back to just maybe being friends yeah, or yeah. Just, like just be my brother? Just be my brother and not like my helicopter brother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's cool. I forgive you. Essentially, without saying it, she's saying like, I forgive you. Now, I don't off. blame you. So let's just go back to be how cool. we were. 
Yeah. You can't interrupt a letter when it's talking to you. I love that. I loved it. It's accurate. Yeah. You this, can like put it down and be like, scoff. Oh, I'm going to call them. And but they you, don't answer. But you have to still read it. I guess I'll keep on reading. Next, celebrating 40 years of New Mutants. Can't believe that. But also, I wonder, what does that mean for an issue? Is it like just a bunch of throwbacks? Is it a bunch of highlights? Is it an actual issue? We shall see. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, it definitely felt similarly along the lines of how the the Moon Girl issue didn't really have a lot to do with anything. This felt like I enjoyed this, but I did almost feel like this could have been an Infinity comic story. Mm. Like, I think character development wise and, and kind of resetting us back into like what else is going on with the New Mutants and kind of touching base with the rest of the people on the roster is a good thing to be doing because there were so many stories happening. Right. And then we were bopping around between them for so long. Even even if there was an arc, we were still getting like little bits of other characters. And then we jumped into like this very con- condensed story with magic. Like it was only those characters and what was going on there. So as a moment to say, hey, remember there's other people and there's other storylines in this book. I think that was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. A solid enough one shot, kind of a filler issue that tended to some character beats. I didn't think about making it a X-Men Unlimited mm. issue, but that's that makes sense. I also think it, it works here, and especially if you're only doing it every now and then. You know, it, it was nothing groundbreaking, but right. we're we're tending to a character development focus. Right. Which and I thought it, was great. It felt very self-contained and, and yeah. very entertaining and within the world and also still gave us things that we haven't seen before and gave us glimpses into, you know, maybe a little glimpse as to where the New Mutants team is headed with this like, you know, Gabby was one of the trainees and now she's seen with a little bit more respect from the people who were her teachers and we know that we know that Orcus has all these bases, but now we know a little bit more about what's happening inside them and, yeah. and how Krakoa is connecting to them. And I think it's interesting to have a another creative team take on this kind of mm-hmm. pause issue because you're likely not going to get those big plan reveals of what Vita and Rod are going mm-hmm. to be doing, right? Right. So this literally, this was all it could do was just, hey, let's, let's tend to some things that have been bubbling up because even the... James and John mm-hmm. interaction that had happened in that giant sized Thunderbird. Yeah. Right. And then now to, to see that as a connection point that could also parallel Gabby and Akiro and what's going on with them. And um, I, I still stand by the fact that I, I would have liked to see a little bit more of digging into the characters and maybe that's just enjoying that bit and yeah. wanting to see more of it. The art was interesting. I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't crazy about it. I think it was the color palette being so outside of what we're normally used to seeing. Like just mm. the. I mean, it's just that New Mutants as a title, they've done such a good job of distinct visual style. Right. Yeah. Like really keeping that iconic New Mutant style, and I don't feel like this was that. Right. So it did throw me a little bit. But I also, it's interesting. I also felt like this was a really stripped down issue. And the art almost felt like stripped down or like more simplified art. You know, like it was just like the basics of telling you this story. This is a, this, these are like your core ingredients. We're getting you through. You know, to that point, this almost didn't have to be a New Mutant story. In Mm -hmm. the same way that it could have been an, an Infinity comic, could have been a one shot. Could have been something. I don't know if people would have picked it up because of that, but you make it a new mutant story, and it's kind of like, all right, we're taking a beat in between one massive arc, and then what's kicking off the next one? Yeah, and I do think I agree with you, but I think it fits really nicely as a new mutant story because it, because of how it ties in, sort of where we left these characters. Here's where they are now, you know. Yeah, and because new mutants was like, who's the new mutants? Is like. The new mutants, the new new mutants, sometimes the new mutants in space. Yeah. Mando Mutato wants to know, how hasn't Warpath led a team yet? Mm. And what's next for the Proud Star brothers? 
Well, one, I think Warpath, especially with Magic, because he and Magic together were kind of doing the training thing. And now that Magic's like figured herself out and is on the X-Men, I think he could become the new leader of the New Mutants. Although, where's Danny? Don't really know where Danny lies in there because she's not really... Like, he could be the leader of the new New Mutants as they graduate. I mean, Danny and Sam were co-captains of the New Mutants mm-hmm. initially. And Magic is on the cover for issue 30, so... All right. Well, there's that. I'm curious to see if she'll play both teams. Yeah. Or, or if she'll continue to be in the, the training elements of the New Mutants. Because it also seems like the next couple of covers we get... I can never remember her name. The character that was introduced in... I know who you're talking about. The one that can trade places with someone. Her and her friend and the turtle are on a cover with a couple other characters. Oh, cool. So I don't know. Maybe we're going in a whole new direction for this team. We got to get new, new, new mutants. <laughs> it's going to be a mouthful. We're going to have the new mutants, the new, new mutants, and the new, new, new mutants. We need something else, like a new three or something. All right, like, so the new mutants, the new new, the new mutants, two. and the brand new mutants. The brand new mutants. There you go. That's good. I mean, and and to Menno Mutato's second question, what's next for the Proud Star Brothers? Mm. I want John to continue what he's doing with X-Men Red because yes. I feel like that... One hundred If we don't percent. see the brothers together in a title, I'm okay with that. Maybe some more check-ins because I, yeah. I do like the story that started in giant size thunderbird but that's also blending into what will be marauders yeah and i think them having a relationship with each other without having to be in the same book would be cool yeah like then the, then we get guest appearances and pop-ins from title to title Warline Comics likes the big bro version of akiro but misses the i will kill logan and everyone version I think Gabby does too, especially when her big bro is being too overprotective. Yeah. You know, we like we like the best of both worlds. I the think fact Gabby, that, yeah, she feeds off chaos energy. So. Right. But the fact that Akiro cares, it, that's new development for his character. Yeah, and that's, and that's important too. But he's, also he's keep the growing. murder. Keep the murder side. Yeah. Find the balance. Do you want to hear what's coming this week? Uh, yeah, because I know you told me um, in our last episode, but I don't remember. Wait, I'm getting X-Men Red. X-Men Red number six. Okay. And maybe a Legion of X? House of 92 number five. Dang it. Okay. No, that's the last one? That's the last one. Dang it. Judgment Day number four. Okay. Amazing Spider-Man number nine. Mm, what? Is that the is Hellfire this, Gala? This is the beginning the of Hellfire the crossing. Gala. Okay, all right. You have to Wolfie read it. Is there. You got to read it. I'm gonna. <laughs> and Midnight Suns number one, maybe. I don't know. Mm, yeah, Magic's in that. Yeah, we'll probably be good. Magic and Wolverine are in it. Yeah, and, Magic is in that. And Daredevil number three, but you don't read that. Nope. But maybe if he shows up and something else, I think it's good the fact that they're slowly tying in Spider-Man with... This Hellfire Gala issue, mm-hmm. and then the Judgment Day issues, and then it's the crossover of Dark Web, which seems like we're gonna read it. Are we gonna? Don't read act it? like we're not gonna read it. Are we it. gonna read all of it? Is the question. I don't know. Okay, let's just talk for a second. Okay, let's get real. All right, we just talked about this Moon Girl. Okay, and you were upset that you didn't have all the information. Yeah, but I don't but, need, I don't necessarily need to do so. All right, if I were to buy everything, do we need to do like a full episode breakdown of okay, each there issue? There is a difference between reading it and talking about it on the podcast. Sure. So we can read it, and then we can do you know how sometimes we'll do like a a wash over this. Hey, y'all, we're gonna give you a light wash of these three issues that don't that are not X Men titles, just to give you the the core bits of information before we talk about x y and z just to keep you updated on the rest of dark web i mean it just feels like i'm really interested in the dark web story i feel invested in madeline and what's going on with her so i just feel like there's going to be a lot of it that has nothing to do with that especially with like the golden goblin 
and Venom. Like there are what, pieces, Venom is part of it. Yep. Obviously, yes, I want to read it. Oh, okay. Dang it. <laughs> you shouldn't have said Venom if you didn't want me to read it. Listen, how, what what would happen to the universe? Would it explode if I read the whole thing and you didn't? I wouldn't I wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't like that. Well, I tried to give you options. Yeah. I could read the whole thing and I could give you recaps. Or we could read it together. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll it's still see, coming. Okay, still there's coming. time, but yeah. just put it. Call Chris. Put it on the list. I need those physical books. We'll see. I'll give you my lunch money. We'll see. Chris, are you listening to this episode? Chris, put it on the pull list. That's, put it in the box. That's not how pre-orders work. Put it in the box. I'll give you my credit card. I'll pop by the store. Until next time. <laughs> no, don't you dare. Chris, let's get it. We're reading Dark Web, everybody. It's decided. You can tell us if you want to listen to episodes about it, but regardless, we're reading it. Okay? Okay, great. Good talk. Love you so much. Don't forget to check out our Patreon for just $3 a month where you can hear mini-sodes where we have afterthoughts about the issues and or our T public page where you can get our merch with silly little quotes on it. And also, if you haven't yet, maybe rate the podcast. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. These are things you're supposed to say once in a while when you do a podcast. So thanks so much for being super supportive. And until next time, old friend. Oh, Charles, 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 Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.